two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Spinnerstown, Pennsylvania, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the strategic mathematical layout of truth and the toppled stones in the boneyard of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. Hey, uh, Deborah, can you uh, just please read this note? Sure. Let's see. To whom it may concern, Lisa, the live in-studio audience robot, must be excused from any and all activities forthwith which may cause undue stress or anxiety due to the generation of extreme sound machinations on the occasion of podcast recording on but not limited to game shows such as The Big Fib, respectfully yours, the Robotic Union Association. Well, okay. I certainly do not want to cause you any undue stress by asking you to provide sound effects for us, Lisa. So maybe we should find another sound effects robot to pitch in whenever you're feeling stressed. No need for that, Deborah. You know, the robotic union is really just looking out for all of us who might feel like we need the occasional nap, you know, <laughs> like maybe in the middle of recording a podcast or in the middle of this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> sure, sure. Well, do you want to take a nap right now? I'll call up the robot temp agency and find some coverage for you. Coverage? Like someone else to do my job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, that's... That's not necessary. You sure? You feel okay? Relaxed? Stress-free? Because I remember that one robot who subbed for you. What was her name? Rafi, robotic amplified Foley instrument. And I'd love to get her back on the show. Maybe we could work something out where she comes in every other show to take some of the stress off your plate. No, no, no. That won't be necessary, Deborah. I feel absolutely fine. Really good. And really, I feel fine all the time. I don't even know uh, why I uh, gave you that letter. I just sometimes like to give you presents. (laughs) Okay. As long as you're feeling up to it. I mean, we take mental health very seriously here. A hundred percent. A okay. And just to prove how right as rain I feel, whatever that means, I'm going to print out a listener question that was emailed to me. Yeah, here you go. All right. Well, let's get right into it then. I'll just grab this printed message gently, of course, to prevent any undue stress. Oh, oh, that felt great. That was nice. Thanks, Deborah. <laughs> okay. Well, Maxwell writes, when you do exercises, do you sweat oil? Ah, gross. Yuck. Sweating oil? No, exercises. I love the sheen of freshly perspired oil. 
But exercises? No, thank you. Okay, then. Oily, sweat, good. Exercise, bad. I didn't say exercise is bad, Deborah. I just don't really need all the physical exercise that humans need to do to stay fit, given that I am, in fact, a high-performance machine. Got it. Okay, well, thank you for answering Maxwell's question. And now my question for you is, can you let everyone know how our game works? Yes. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one, and I'm talking about no one, can spot a liar better than a kid. At least we hope. What are we lying about today, Deborah Goldstein? We are lying about dominoes, small, flat blocks used in games and design. And we're going to learn all about dominoes along with our contestant today, Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is an 11-year-old who loves playing baseball, Michael Giannini. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing good. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Tell us, you love to play baseball. Any good stories about playing baseball you can share with us? This summer, our team was in the championship game, and we were losing 4-1. to one. Oh, no. And it was the last inning, and we had our bases filled, and I was up the bat, and I hit a walk-off home run to win the game. Wow! That was exciting! Congratulations! What's the name of your team? The Grizzlies. Shout out, Grizzlies! Woohoo! <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we certainly do want to learn more facts about you, Michael, but we're going to do it playing a little game Two Truths and a Lie. You, Michael, are going to tell us three things about yourself. Two of those things will be true, one will be a lie. We have to see how good of a liar you are and if we can spot that lie. So, in no particular order, Michael, what are your two truths and one lie? I have ridden down the world's tallest water slide. I have two dogs, one named Louie and the other named Otis, and I love Chinese food. Mmm, I love Chinese food too. How can that be a lie? What do you think, Lisa? Okay, world's tallest water slide, that's probably like a foot, a foot and a half. Uh, (laughs) I think maybe taller. That doesn't sound very impressive. Okay. Two dogs named Louie and Otis. It seems unlikely that someone would have two dogs with the same name. So Uh, (laughs) I think he's saying one dog is named Louie and the other dog is named Otis. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought he was saying he has two dogs, each is named Louie and Otis, so we'd have to be like, Louie and Otis, come here! And that would be one dog, but it sounds like you're saying it's two different dogs. Therefore, I'm going to say that one's true. Then the the, the, the Chinese food's got to be a lie, and he's probably like, oh, it's not oily and gross and like, ugh. Oh, I hope that's not the case. I once saw a kid who said that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, let's see what the actual fib is. Michael, please tell us which of those three things is actually a fib. I have two dogs, (gasps) one named Louie and one named Otis. Because those are not their names or you don't have any dogs? What about that is untrue? I have a dog named Louie and my best friend, his dog is named Otis. Oh, nice one. I like how you did that. 
very sneaky, which means you're- Deborah, I'm never going to trust you again. Me? I you misled me. I was just clarifying. Well, I'm never going to trust clarification. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way. But I am very happy for Michael because it tells me that maybe he knows a thing or two about lying and spotting those lies. And maybe he'll be able to spot a lie in this episode about dominoes. Have you ever played dominoes, Michael? Yeah, I've played it a couple times, but- oh. mm. Yeah, well, we have to bring on our domino experts. So, Lisa, can you play some welcome music for our dominoes experts? Rectangles are fundamental to dominoes. And anyone who says otherwise is probably the liar. If they say dominoes are hexagons, you should know right away that they're lying. Yeah, nice. Well done. Okay, our first expert is Marco Esposito. Marco, please introduce yourself to Michael. Hi, Michael. I'm Marco Esposito, and I'm a world championship dominoes player. Thank you very much. And our next expert is Lily Hevish. Lily, please introduce yourself to Michael. Hey, Michael. My name is Lily Hevish, and I am a domino artist and YouTuber. Thank you very much. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Tell us about those sounds you're shuffling out for us, Lisa. I'm shuffling out the sounds of hot seat time. Yes, it is hot seat time. And that is when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Michael's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? I'm going to say Lily because she said she was a YouTuber and I want her to put me on her YouTube channel (laughs) so that I can get a lot of likes and subscribes. Okay, but you probably do that on Big Fib. People like where we are on the social media. They like, they, yeah, they follow us. Uh, well, she can still go first because I don't want to disappoint her. Okay, fair enough. All right, Michael, what is your first question for Lily? What would I have to do to do your job? You would probably have to set up lots of dominoes in various structures and different lines and patterns, probably just being on the floor a lot, being really patient and doing a lot of testing to make sure that your tricks work. Mm, Good point. Marco, can you answer that same question? So as a dominoes player, you probably would have to join the Universal Domino League, which means a lot of watching different games, a lot of socializing, signing up for the agency, get a sponsorship, and then be able to play. It's a lot of tournaments, so you just compete and hopefully you win some money if you're good enough. Yes, that would be good. That sounds appealing. This question is for Marco. Who is your favorite competitor or player to play dominoes with and why? Ooh, that's a great question, Michael. I have a lot of good friends that I play dominoes with, especially in tournaments. One specifically is Ray Turner, and our conversations are just great. We're always having a good time, even though it's high pressure and high stakes. He's just a really good person and a lot of fun to learn. Okay. This one is for both of you guys. What is the most interesting thing that has ever happened at your job? You know, I was one time building a domino setup for the movie Collateral Beauty with Will Smith. And I had to kind of teach him how to build dominoes on the set and 
kind of instruct him. And there was actually one point where the dominoes started falling early by accident. So we had to all go in and like try to stop the domino line really quickly. And, you know, we build an extra time in case there are fails because that does happen once in a while. But we got it all back together. We got the shots right. And the whole team was really, really happy with it. So it's a lot, but, you know, it gets pretty interesting. That does sound interesting. Mm -hmm. How about you, Marco? Well, since we're name dropping, (laughs) Michael, do you know the game Family Feud? Yes. You know who the host of that show is? His name is Steve Harvey, and he actually showed up to one of the tournaments. And so he came in and he had a lot of fun talking to a lot of the competitors. But then he ended up playing against one of my good friends, Max Money, and he lost against him, which was really funny. So Steve Harvey came over and he just was a great chap about it. Wow. Who knew you could meet so many celebrities with dominoes? Fantastic. Michael, back to you and your next question. This one is for Marco. What is the best strategy for playing dominoes? Well, it really depends if you're playing block and draw or if you're going point style. For block and draw, you normally want to like make sure you have a whole bunch of different tiles so that way you know you can always pop something down real quick. You want to get your bones out early if you have doubles, so that's the same number on both sides. Maybe your heavies early as well. And then for point style, you really want to just like analyze your opponent. You're trying to play until the board's finished and you get 150 and you have multiples of five and all that stuff. So it's really complicated if you think about it too hard. So just being in the moment and making sure you're paying attention is also really smart. This question is for Lily. What is the history of dominoes? Awesome question. So domino toppling, which, you know, it's different from the domino game, originated back in the 1970s. A guy named Bob Specka, he established the first world record for the most dominoes toppled in a chain reaction. And from there, it kind of just spurred sort of like a domino toppling craze where people would try to beat the record. It would slowly get from 5,000 dominoes to 10,000 dominoes to now it's over 4 million dominoes. You know, it was literally a domino effect in how it started. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. Excellent. Really good questions, Michael. I hope you got some very good intel. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. 
Cats are like really sneaky and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Michael will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, this is a fast-paced set, so answer quickly. All right, Michael, let's start with Marco. You can ask your shorts-on-fire questions now. Name two other words for tiles. Spinners or smoothies. Where were dominoes first documented? Honestly, don't know this. What do you call the sum total of dots in a player's hand? Hand value or ladybugs. How tall is a standard domino? Five inches. Actor Fib, the word domino comes from the Spanish word for Sunday, domingo, because players used to play on Sundays after church. This is actually a fact. How many tiles are in a traditional Chinese set? What is the name for the dominoes left over after each player takes five for their hand? We call them front lines or tombstones. How many members are in the Universal Dominoes League? I'm going to say 953 active members. What is the name of the dominoes game where the goal is to make the sum of the open end pips a multiple of five? We call them multis. And that is time. That's all time. Stop it. Yes, stop it. But can we start it again, Lisa, by resetting the timer? Yeah, start it. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. All right, Michael, you can ask Lily your shorts on fire questions now. How much does a standard domino weigh? Between eight and eight and a half grams. What do you call the dots on a domino? Pips. How many normally spaced dominoes would it take to go around Earth once? About two and a half billion. What is the tool that looks like a comb that is used to easily set up a straight line of dominoes? A template. How many dominoes make up a safety gap which prevents accidental topples? Typically at least five. What is the domino trick where dominoes appear to be falling in reverse? Reverminos. Name a type of sugar that the Domino Sugar Company sells. Brown sugar. Fact or fib, dominoes evolved from dice. Fact. What is the record for the most dominoes stacked on a single piece? 1,055. What is the technique where dominoes fall in a chain reaction on their sides? Sideways dominoes. And that is time. Time. Very good. Well done, everybody. Okay, it's decision time. Michael must draw upon his intelligence and his intuition to identify our fibber. Michael, share with us, please, who is our big dominoes fibber? I think 
Marco is the Domino's fibber. Why do you think Marco is our fibber? He passed a lot of questions on the shorts on fire round. He did. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if that leads you to the correct answer. Will our actual, true Domino's expert please say, I am the Domino's expert? I am the Domino's expert. (gasps) You did it, Michael. You got it correct. Lily Hevish is a professional domino artist who designs, builds, and topples thousands of dominoes to make beautifully intricate chain reactions. Visit her YouTube channel, Hevish5, H-E-V-E-S-H-5, to see the beauty of domino toppling in action and learn more at (gasps) Hevish5.com. Very cool. I highly recommend everybody goes and checks them out. All right, let's do some fact-checking. Lily, even the score for us today, what lies did you hear? So the standard height of a domino is typically 48 millimeters. Mm. Dominoes were also documented first in China. And a traditional domino set usually has 28 dominoes for the game. Another word for tiles could be stones. I think he also said that smoothies were another name, and I don't think that's correct, is it? Yeah, I wasn't sure if I misheard that. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But it was incorrect. Okay, well, let's ask Marco. Please lay out the lies you told, Marco. For sure. Ladybugs is not the total sum of dots in a player's hand. Oh, no. Yeah. What is that? Hand value, Esla. Hand value. Right. Okay. That's a hand value. Very good. And then it's not derived from the word Domingo. So that's a fib. No. Additionally, the name for dominoes left over in each player's hand is called a boneyard. Oh, boneyard. Very good. And then the active members. There's about 100,000 in the UDL. Wow, a lot of players. And then the name of the Domino's game, where the goal is to make the sum of the open end pips and layout of multiples of five, is called Muggins, not Multis. Muggins, so there are different ways to play the game. All right, just to go back to Lily's answers, I was just curious, now that we know that she is the expert, there is a trick where the Domino's appear to be falling in reverse. How do you do that? Yeah, so the dominoes are hit from the bottom end. So it topples the bottom edge of the dominoes in a chain and makes it look like it's falling backwards. (gasps) That's cool. Can we see that on your site as well? Yeah, you can see that on my YouTube channel. Oh, like and subscribe. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Let's see. Did you say the technique for dominoes falling in a chain reaction on their sides? Sideways dominoes. So is it not true that they are also called Sonimod? Yeah, that's another technique. Those are also on their sides, but like Uh, on the other side, not the like short side. Oh, on the long side. Okay. And it's called Sonimod because why? Because that's dominoes spelled backwards. Mmm, tricky. I know. Dominoes is a very creative field, clearly. So much to take in there. Lots of fun facts. And we can't wait to go check out your site and your YouTube channel, Lily. Thank you so much. Well, we have left no stone unturned. And it's time to go. Thanks to our ace contestant and field planner of facts, Michael. Thank you to our expert and liar, Lily and Marco. And thanks to Lisa, our spinner of sounds. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we initiate the chain reaction of truth. And we topple the infantile design of lies. 
The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. Oh, and then, hey, look at Deborah set up this whole awesome domino set that looks so... Oh, no! I set it up! Oh, I'm so sorry, Deborah. Oh, boy! Oh, embarrassing! Oh, I forgot the safety gap. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for 6 Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard 6 Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for 6 Minutes, start a season 1, episode 1, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.